worship team. Thank you for uh, leading us today. Thank you, tech team. And uh, they, they're going the extra mile today. They've been here since 7. They still have one more service after this. And thank you, guys. Let's give it up for these guys for going the extra mile. Uh, again, if this is your first time here, thankful that you came and, uh, and be here to worship with us. And um, after, the, after the service, I'll be standing outside. I'd like to meet you, give you a free gift. And uh, maybe you've been here again. Uh, this is your second time and you never got the gift. I'd love for you to stop by outside the tent and connect with you and I'll meet you real quick. And uh, thank you for being here. Um, you got that connection card. You can fill that connection card, drop in the offering basket, or you can just give it to me at the tent if you plan to go that way. Um, and for the regular attenders, we've got stuff happening coming up. Membership class, if you want to learn more about Late Point, that's next Sunday during the third service. And um, we'll feed lunch and all that good stuff. And so if that's something you're interested in, you come to the second service and you stay for the during the third service in the South Hall, and uh, we have child care provided for those that need um, uh, something for your kids. So that's next Sunday, and um, I hope you'll be a part of that. Uh, we've been, in the last couple of weeks, been talking about a special offering, and I just want to highlight that real quick because it's so important to me. One of my favorite things that we're about, and one of our core values here at Lake Point Church is we want to lead with generosity. Lead with generosity. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe that we have one of the most generous churches here. And uh, I, we are blessed. We are really blessed with your generosity. We're able to do so many things uh, for the kingdom of God. And this offering is uh, October 4th, and we will be helping out different ministries. Two weeks ago, we saw a church planner. We had him preach for us. He's a church planner in Ann Arbor. And part of the offering on October 4th will go to him. Last Sunday, we heard from Sue Meyer, Susan Meyer from Abigail Ministries, and uh, she's doing a fantastic ministry in Sterling Heights, and uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ to ladies and their families and helping them get on their feet and uh, discipling them, mentoring them. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that they're doing, and part of that offering on October 4th will go to them. Uh, uh, today, I'm... Um, I want to highlight another part of that offering. In the past five or six months, uh, there have been churches all across our country, all across our state that um, financially took a hit. Pastors that, not, you know, getting a paycheck and they're just serving Jesus, you know, and, and just, you know, struggling at the same time. Churches, you know, trying to pay the bills. And, um, and, and this is an opportunity for a church you know, let, let's be the church and help another church, you know, because we're all in it together, and, uh, and they're doing great ministries all across our state. And so there's a, a bunch of our churches that we kind of got together, some of our churches, and said, listen, let, let, let's create a fund, and, and let's raise money to help, um, to help churches that are, that are in need for it. And so our goal to raise, collectively, all of our churches, our goal to raise $100,000. And uh, we want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of what's happening there. And so part of that offering on October 4th, it's going to go to help pastors and churches, existing established churches that are struggling, that could use the extra hand, extra help in financial ways. 
And then, um, and next Sunday, we got one more person, one more organization. I can't wait to hear from them next week, but their love for a child. Great organization, helping ministry, ministering to foster children. And uh, some of you are involved with that ministry, and he'll be here next week. We'll get to hear about that next week. And so here's the thing. Get a bucket. We got a blue bucket. Hey, Easton, right below your seat. And uh, Easton, why don't you come up to the platform? Yeah, there you go. Come up to the platform, model it. All right, hold it up, hold it up. There you go. There you go. That's a bucket right there. Let's give it up for Easton. All right, good job, Easton. <laughs> and uh, there's a bucket, and we got some available. If you don't have one, here's the cool thing. We put that bucket on the countertop, and every day, every week, I'm just dropping change. My kids are dropping some loose change. And uh, so I'm going to challenge you to bring your bucket full of change. $1 bill, $10 bills, $100 bills, and just, you know, fill it up. And, and here's what I do. This is what I do. You do what you need to do. But here's what we do. We bring our change. We got some bills in there. But I always write a check. I say, God, how have you been blessing me now? And it's above and beyond my regular giving. It's above and beyond. And, um, and we're going to write a check. We're praying about what that looks like. We'll put that in that bucket. And, uh, and I'm praying that we raise $15,000 in a big giant bucket because you bring that bucket on October 4th, we have a big giant bucket at the end of the service. You're dumping in that big bucket and uh, we'll uh, announce how much we raise the, the week after or a couple of weeks after. So it's a great thing. Get those buckets uh, in, the, in the back. If you don't have a bucket and don't want one, but you can still write a check, that's okay. We'll take whatever you want to roll, however you want to roll. Uh, we appreciate what you're doing as we lead with generosity, lead with generosity. So, all right, well, this is service number two. I got one more service, so I better get going here, all right? Or the other service can be waiting on me. So we won't do that. We'll get out in a good time and fashion, and that's the first Sunday that we're going through services. This looked much better. The last couple of weeks, uh, this service was getting a little bit tight. But I'm going to encourage you, the noon service, if you're able to migrate to the noon service and uh, free up your seat, and uh, it's just, I, I tell people, sleep in for Jesus on Sunday morning, and it'll be good. <laughs> All right? It's just sleep in for Jesus and, and give up your seat. This is the most popular service. Now, right now, the LPQs, you know, from the nursery to the elementary, only at 1030. But in a couple of weeks, we'll also open that up at 9 o'clock. Uh, I think the very first Sunday of October. And also, another cool news that we're going to be, as we slowly reopen things, October 4th, we're going to have coffee. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you go. All right, and I forgot to make that announcement in the first service, so they missed out, okay? All right, that first service needed it too, um, I tell you. Anyway, we're so glad to hear that you're here. Um, we're going to kick off a brand new series of message today. Um, in 1961, the Green Bay Packers, we have any Packers fan in here? Oh, man, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and, uh, the Green Bay Packers in 1961 was led by the famous Hall of Fame coach Vince Lombardi. In 1961, they were in the NFL championship. This was before Super Bowl. And in 1961, they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost it in the fourth quarter. And so that's a really good football team. You know, they were kind of saddened that they blew it at the end. And they went to spring training. But, you know, they went to uh, back for the new season in 1961 to 1962, the Green Bay Packers came back and Vince Lombardi. He got, on the very first practice, he brings all these players. And it's okay, guys, we're going to get back to the basis. 
And some of you guys, okay, we know the basics, you know. Uh, you know uh, so no, we're going to get back to the basic, basic of basics. And he made his famous line, Karen Hike. There you go. Give it up for Karen Hike. He said, these guys, he got her up, and, and some of you know the story. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> I some of those players are probably saying, duh, he's that close, we know. But he was would, he would instrumental, and this was part of his MO. He was all about the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the game. And it's so important. And, and, and of course, in 19, can't ready to catch? All right, you weren't ready. All right, there we go. All right, didn't fumble. All right, and so in, in, in that year, in 1961 and 1962, they went back to the NFL championship and blew out, I think, the New York Giants. Blew them out, you know, but all began with the fundamentals. So this series today that we're starting today called Back to the Basis. We're getting back to the fundamentals because here, here's the reality. You know, earlier in 2020, Man, we had 2020 vision, <laughs> okay? Here's the plan for the church. Here's the plan for you, you know? And every church does this, you know? In, in January, we're humming along. February, we're humming along. In fact, in March, the very first Sunday in March, we saw 20 people take a next step in baptism on that one Sunday. It was, a, it was a great day. Some of you remember that day. And then uh, and some people, uh, many of you were growing. You were, were fired up. God was doing some incredible things. He was working and then halfway through March, everything stopped. I mean, we still had church, but it just looked very, very different. We had to rework, revamp church, and uh, we had to figure out how this was going to happen. And we talk about a, a strange time for a lot of us. You know, it was, it was different. And, and uh, we were doing the best we can, but, you know, things kind of, you know, get, went by the side. And we kind of lost track of some of the basis. Now we're getting back. Church is, you know, we're, we're, we're harming again. We're having a third service just so that we can keep faith and social distancing at the same time reaching new people. God is doing something. But I want to get back to the basics. I want to have a message, a series of messages where it's like, hey, this is a football type message. I want to get it back to the things that we know, but we just need to be reminded of. And so this series is all about the basis of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. A disciple simply means a follower. A follower. Notice what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Not once a week, not every Sunday, not once a month, not on Easter Sunday or Christmas Sunday or Mother's Day Sunday. He, he said, hey, you want to be a disciple, you pick up your cross daily. Every day you're following Jesus. We're following Jesus. And, and so that's what we want to do every week. We want to talk about the marks of a disciple. And I have five series of messages that we're going to talk about. And each one is very, very important. Today, one of the marks that I want to talk about is that a disciple grows. He grows up. A disciple grows up spiritually. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. We're to grow. By the way, your physical age, your physical age, it has nothing to do with your maturity. Your physical age. I know some, I know some older person, older people that are very immature. And I know some real young people that are a little bit more mature for their age. All right? And so your physical age has nothing to do with maturity. Perhaps you've heard the saying, everyone grows old, but not everybody grows up. There you go. Um, my wife and I, it, you know, uh, we're, we're coming up on 19 years of marriage. And, and, and some of us might know this, but a little fact here, I am seven years older than her. That doesn't mean I'm seven years more mature than her. <laughs> I'm seven years older than her. I, uh, we were just newlyweds. We were living in Florida. And uh, we, I happened to go with her to Party City. She had to buy some stuff. And I'm just kind of going for the ride. And I'm standing in line at Party City. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. they got all these little animatic, uh, you know, robotic toys or animation toys. And you put the button and it starts animating, clapping, making all these little noise. And, you know, I push one. And I said, oh, that's cool. I push another. And before you know, I had an orchestra, about 15 things going on all at the same time. I was just kind of pushing all the buttons. And, and Karen, Karen's like, God, stop, stop, stop. You're embarrassing me. Said, oh, it's, it's okay. I don't care. You know, you know, I'm just pushing on the button. And, and the cashier, he looked at Karen. She said, no, that's okay. My husband's a lot younger than me, too. <laughs> everyone grows old, but not everyone grows up. And the same is true in our spiritual walk. How long you've been a Christian may not be a reflection of your spiritual maturity. And so here's what I want to do in this message today. I got five different stages of spiritual growth. I want to look at each one. I want to see the characteristics. I want to help you identify and perhaps by chance in this message today, you'll be able to recognize what stage you're in. And hopefully you'll see areas of growth. I know there's areas in my growth. I pray that you'll find areas of your growth. The Apostle Paul, he wrote in Philippians chapter 3, the greatest Christian that ever lived. The greatest Christian wrote half of the New Testament. He said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, he basically said this, I have not arrived. I've got a way to go. I, I've not reached the end of my spiritual growth and said, hey, I've conquered it all. He said, I still got to push forward. I still got to train ahead. You know, I got to push forward to the prize that's ahead of me. The Apostle Paul knew that spiritual growth never stops. And I pray for your life that you'll see where you're at in this message this morning. Stage number one, if you're taking notes, if you've got handout notes throughout the chairs, maybe if you find one. Stage number one, the spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. The main characteristic is unbelief. It describes a person who's not a Christian who is not a believer, unbelievers. They range, in this day, they range anywhere from a very loud, outspoken atheist to someone that may be seeking and trying to find answers. They're looking, they're open to the gospel. So you got some that are very hard, you know, very closed-minded, you know, unbelievers, and then you got some that are very open. They're looking, they're seeking. And so there's the rain. In fact, there was a time in all of our lives, in all of us here in this room, 
that we were in stage one. We had not yet placed our faith in Jesus Christ. There was a time in our life where we were dead in sin. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this to the church and the Christian in Ephesus. These are Christians. He's writing this letter to Christians. He says in verse number one, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. In other words, we've all been in a place. We've all been in stage one. And hopefully, we don't live in stage one. We graduate, we move from being spiritually blind, spiritually dead. A person who is in stage one, these are the kind of statements they make. They might, they might make these statements. You know, the Bible is just a bunch of myths. They might say that. Or they might say, you know, religion is just a crutch. It's for weak people. They might say that. Or they might say something like, how could anyone believe in a God who sends people to hell? They might say that. Or they might say, you know, I just believe that there are many, many ways to happen. It all ends up in one place. You can go any way you want. But all leads to heaven, and they might believe that. That's in stage one. Or they might say, you know, if I'm a good person, and at the end of my life, my goodness outweighs my badness, then that should be good enough. These are all statements that people living in stage one, they're spiritually dead. And a dead person, a spiritually dead person, what they need is they need life in Jesus. They need to put their faith and accept God's free gift of eternal life and salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And when they do that, they become born again, and they go to the next stage, stage number two. They go into what I call spiritual infant. Spiritual infant. We have baby dedication today. They were babies. All right, they need help. They cannot live on their own. In fact, they don't know the ways of the world. All right? And so the, 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 the main characteristic of a spiritual infant, they're ignorant. They're ignorant. Okay, this is not to be little. They just don't know. All right? They're new in Christ. They're new in their walk. And there is a legitimate period of spiritual infancy. Legitimate. When you first become a Christian, you're like a spiritual baby. Just like a newborn baby, when they come home from the hospital, they, they depend, they need food, they need the, the, the mom and dad, they need, they need them to grow. You must be fed if you're expected to grow. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, like newborn babies. We're to crave pure spiritual milk so that, it, so that by it you may grow up you may grow up in your salvation. You know, like a, that doesn't make you, a, 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 doesn't make you saved. You're already saved. It just makes you grow in your salvation. That's what we need to do. We've got to grow up in our salvation. Uh, we need to crave pure spiritual milk. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. And we have this in a lot of our churches. Not just this church, but in all of our churches. There are a lot of spiritual babies that won't grow up. Spiritual immaturity. They're stuck in stage two. It's one thing to be there for a short little time. It's another thing to live there and not grow up. 
How do you recognize a spiritual infant? They might say some of these statements right here. You know, I believe in Jesus. No, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe I need to go to church. Or they might say, you know, I tried reading the Bible, but it's too confusing. I thought I opened it. I just, you know, I kind of ran them open. I pointed it and, and it led me to Leviticus. I tried reading Leviticus, and if you know Leviticus, that's a tough read to start. That's a tough read for an, a, a mature Christian to read, okay? I mean, let's, come on, let's be honest. I, and much less a day two person trying to read Leviticus, you're going to get burned out from reading God's Word in a minute. You're going to get one chapter in and say, I have no idea what I just read. It's important, by the way. I'm not belittling Leviticus, but it's very important. It's a great study. But it's a hard book to start for day two Christians. And you say, man, I tried. It's confusing. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't get much out of it. You, uh, listen, you need help. We, we, that's our role as a church, to help you, to help you understand how to read the Word of God. They might make a statement like this. By the way, another statement. You know, I'm too busy for church. I got to provide for my family. And, you know, Sunday's my day off. And so, you know, I, I don't have to go to church. Or, or they might say, you know, I don't need anyone else. I don't need relationships. Just me and Jesus, that's it. Just me and Jesus and whatever the preacher is preaching on TV, if I can find one. And so just me and Jesus. And so how can we help someone in this stage? Well, we, they, this person needs the personal attention of a disciple maker, a, a spiritual parent, a mentor, something that we're trying to develop here at Lake Point. You know, we got life groups, and life groups are important, but we want to take it a little bit more, you know, basic. One-on-one, one-on-two spiritual discipleship to help you to grow up out of day two. Stage number three, I call it the spiritual child. I got spiritual infant, I got spiritual child. And the main characteristic of a spiritual child is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Now, again, there is a legitimate spiritual childhood that we will all pass through, and I hope that we don't stay here long. See, the problem in our church is that many people never graduate from spiritual elementary school. They keep failing third grade. We don't grow up. Now, here, the main way to recognize a spiritual child is through their self-centeredness, just like our kids. And you were kids once too, you know this. Well, it's just very natural. The very first words that we learn to say is what? Mine. My toy. My bottle. Mine. We're just naturally, hey, we are naturally selfish. We're born sinners. We don't have to be taught to be selfish. Mom and dad didn't sit down with me and say, hey, let me teach you how to be selfish, little boy. I just did it. They didn't teach me how to be a liar. I just did it. You know, we're just natural sinners. We're just natural, selfish people. And as Christians in our spiritual lives, we don't grow up sometimes. We become self-centered. When they attend church, a spiritual child, they will evaluate everything based upon what made, how it made them feel. It's about me, me, me. You want to recognize a spiritual child, they make statements like this. You know, I love my life group. 
But I hope we don't get anybody else to join it. I like us four no more. Or, or they might say, you know, I'm not being fed in church. I'm going to look for a place that meets all of my needs. Or I didn't like the music today. I wish Tom would stop singing that song. And I've got a song. You know, I want to sing that song. Fill in the blank. All about me. And there's no place for the mindset of self-sitterness in the church. It doesn't honor God. The Apostle John, he had to address this with a bunch of churches in a little city, uh, a port city of Laodicea. Laodicea is an ancient city in, a, in what we call Asia Minor. It's now modern-day Turkey. And, and it was a church that was growing on fire, all about others, and then they got complacent. They got to a place where, hey, it's all about me. They got what we called lukewarm. And the Apostle John, he wrote in Revelation chapter 3, he wrote this. He said, I know your deeds. He said, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one of them. But you're lukewarm. He said, because you are lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. God doesn't want us to be complacent on this stage if we live in stage three, it produces lukewarm Christians. And if we have too many, I'll make the church a lukewarm church. We start looking out for me. We get complacent. We want to serve. It says, God, sign me up for serve. You know, but only call me. Only call me to serve when you're in a pinch. <laughs> you know, every Sunday we're in a pinch. Every Sunday, you know, there's a need. Every Sunday, there's opportunity. Every Sunday, hey, hey, no, Scott, I, I love to serve only when it fits my time. Only when it fits my timeline. Only when it's convenient. You know what's funny? Yes, I, I, would, I would promote a mission trip and say, hey, for $3,000, you get to spend uh, seven days, eight days. You know, you can go on the other side of the world and every day for seven, eight days. You'll work. You'll give up work time. You'll spend money. You'll work and slave all day for the cause of Jesus. You get fired up. You come back, and, and man, you're, you're enthusiastic. And I'm, I'm like, man, that's awesome. It's awesome, by the way. I love mission trips. But I'm here to say, man, I got a free mission trip every Sunday morning here at Lake Point Church. Doesn't cost you anything, except you just have to be available. I said, God, it's not for me. I want, to, I want to give it up for others. I want to do it for you. Quit thinking about me. Man, when we announced a third service a couple of weeks ago, and we announced a third service, a lot of people were like, yeah, praise God. Man, that's awesome. We get to reach more people. And you're right. But you know, there were some people that said, oh, man, a third service? You mean I have to stay longer? And I'm like, man, it's worth it. It's worth it. We get to do this for Jesus. We get to read the gospel. You know, last year, and, I, and I'm reminded, I mean, it, it's been one year. One year ago, we were still shutting up and tearing down. I mean, think about this. I had people without complaint getting at the church building at Lutheran High North, shutting up at 6.30 in the morning. We worked hard for two hours. So you know what I'm talking about. And we'll call for two hours. Then we have church. How many church do we have? How many services do we have? One. One service. We had service at 10.30. We were done about 11.45. And then it took us an hour 
I want 15 minutes to pack it all up. You know what time we got done? One o'clock. Now we're doing three services. We don't get here at 30. I want to be done by one o'clock. We tripled, we tripled our impact. And the same amount of time it took us a year ago. And no one complained back then. Everyone was excited, man, we get to do one service. Man, we get to do three. For the glory of God, it's worth it. For the day, day three Christians, oh, man, are you kidding me? Man, we should embrace it. My pastor in Florida, he always tells me this. He said, ministry can never be done by spare time and pocket change. Can't run a ministry on spare time and pocket change. It takes people to get out of day three and say, man, do it for Jesus because it matters. It matters. Amy Grant, he wrote a song. She wrote a song back in the 80s. The name of the song is uh, called Fat Spiritual Baby. Let me read the lyrics. That's great. I, I know a man. Maybe you know him too. You can tell. He might even be you. He said he knelt at the altar, and that was the end. He's saved, and that's all that, that's all that mattered to him. His spiritual tummy, oh, it can't take too much. His spiritual tummy, it can't take too much. One day a week, one day a week, he gets a spiritual lunch. On Sunday, he puts on his spiritual best, and he gives his language a spiritual rest. He's been baptized, sanctified, redeemed by the blood. But his daily devotion is stuck in the mud. He knows the books of the Bible in John 3, 16. He's got the biggest King James you've ever seen. He's just a fat, 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 fat little baby. He wants his bottle. And he don't mean maybe. He sampled solid food once or twice, but he says, Doctrine leaves him cold as ice. Don't be stuck as a spiritual young child. You got to grow up. You got to grow up. It's time to get out of this. Because if you don't, you're going to sit, soak, and sour. You say, man, God, that's some good preaching. I know. I know. I need to hear some amen because my hearing aid's not working too well. It's a, is that good preaching or what? Amen. I hear one amen over here. That's a man. That's some good preaching, Pastor Scott. Amen. That's good. That's good. All right. Stage four. This is a great place to be. Don't want to be in stage three. Stage four, spiritual young adult. Spiritual young adult. The main characteristic is service. They're growing up. They're graduating from spiritual high school where they're learning, learning, learning. And now they're graduating into the real world where you work. Grow up. By the way, Again, it has nothing to do with our physical age, but we've got teenagers in our church. Physically, they're teenagers. Spiritually, they're young, they're young adults. I walk back in the LP kids um, just to check in right before I preach. And I saw four or five other teenagers in there serving. I said, man, you're in stage four. Good job, guys. You're ahead. Of, you're, ahead. you're growing up. They're growing up. We got them out here in the tech booth. They're out here wandering the parking lot, you know, with signs or greeters. Spiritual young child and spiritual young adult. That's where God wants us to be here. The Bible says, 
In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Christ gave pastors, apostles, some evangelists. And said in verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Verse number 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves for growing up, blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Look at verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth of love, this person will grow to become in every respect the, ma the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We'll grow up to be more like Jesus when we're serving others. When we're giving of ourselves because that's how Jesus did. That's what he did for you. It wasn't about him. He didn't die on the cross for him. He died on the cross. He came to this world for you. For you. So for some of you, it's time to get in the game. You've been here for a while. And you make great spectators. But God doesn't want you to be a spectator. He wants you to get in the game. He wants you to take the ball and run. He wants you to find your giftedness and serve. You know, last, last week we appreciated our volunteers on last Sunday night. We had 125 volunteers that we honored. And by the way, we had more. We had more than that. Not everyone shows up. And we're so thankful for our volunteers. We're blessed. And some of you might be sitting there and say, man, it's not like you've got enough. It's not like you've got a good team of volunteers. You know, it's not like you don't need me. And that is so far from the case. Do I need to remind you we added a third service? <laughs> Do I need to remind you that there are more things to be done? I mean, I want to see more greeters. I want to see more people in the parking lot. I want, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to need some baristas with my young people. We're going to need some people to make the coffee. You know, we're going to need some people to step up. You know, we, we, we want to get back to the basics. Stage four, you'll recognize a spiritual young adult by statements like this. Wow, man, I tried to point the parking lot. It was false, right? Man, I'm so excited. I parked down the street and walked three blocks to get to church today. How awesome is that? Or they might make a statement, man, so-and-so missed church the past week because of the flu. Hey, you know what? Let's, 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 let's get a meal for them. Let's be a blessing. Let's minister to them. Or, or man, I think we need a ministry, Scott, to take care and to help the household chores of our widows. You know, we should step up. You know what, Pastor Scott, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. I'm going to take care of it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm not going to get in your way. I'm going to be like, go for it. Go for it. And so, wow. They might make this statement. Wow, there are so many people here in, the, in the, the second service. Man, I need to make room. I need to give up my seat and sleep in for Jesus and go to the third service. I'd do it. Hey, I'll take, I'll take one for the team. I'll do it. Sure, it might make me a little bit longer. Stay, you know, start my day off. But you know what? I'm doing it because it matters. It's worth it. Day four, spiritual young adult. Is that you? Is that you? There's one more stage. Spiritual parent. Spiritual parent. This is the pinnacle. This is, the, this is it. This is where you want to be. The main characteristic is reproduction. This is the one that's a disciple maker. You know, Jesus, he went to a group of, of uneducated fishermen. And he went to seminary. They didn't go to Sunday school class. They drop out from school. Reach out to them and say, I want you guys to follow me. 
I'm going to disciple you so that you can become fishers of men. I'm going to make you disciple of me, and then you're going to be disciples of disciples. The reproduction. The Apostle Paul modeled this idea of spiritual reproduction in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. He said, be spiritual parents yourself. Imitate me. We're to be disciple makers. Let me ask you a question. Can you point to a person in your life that you are reaching out and developing them in their Christian walk and help them to be disciples? Do you have someone in your life right now? Is there a person in your life? Okay, this is where you need to be. Who are you making disciple of? Who are you asking, hey, imitate me in my faith? Let me model it for you. Let me teach you how to be a disciple of Christ so that one day they can be a disciple maker too. Are you a spiritual parent? So what five days best describe you? One, unbelief. Two, are you a spiritual infant still trying to grow? You're new in, new in your walk with Christ, which is great. I want to help you. Or have you been in day two for a long time? Time to grow up. Or maybe you're stuck in day three where you're a young child and everything's about me, 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 me. Time to grow up. Maybe you're in stage four and say, man, this is a great place to be. I'm, I'm, I'm serving. Stage five, I'm a disciple maker. I'm a parent, spiritual parent. This is God, how can I grow as a Christian? Let me give you four quick things. I'm done. Four quick things to grow, G-R-O-W. Uh, this applies for every area of us. Whether you're in stage one or stage five, you want to grow. Never stop growing. You never stop growing. Letter G, get on your knees every day. Get on your knees on a regular basis. That means prayer. Pray. Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you asking God? I'm not just talking about prayer at dinner time. I'm talking about you, you make it a matter of prayer in your life with Christ. Letter R, read your Bibles every day. Are you reading your Bible? He says, God, I tried. I'm in day two. I'm confused. Hey, listen, talk to me. I got a lot of people, they ask me this all the time. Talk to our leaders. We've got disciple makers in this room that will help you read your Bible and teach you the, how to get it, how to get something out of it. That's what we're here for. You're not, you won't burden me if you email me about, hey, God, I love to learn more about how to read my Bible. I love that question. I love that email. So reach out. Read your Bible every day. We'll help you with that. Others need your ministry. Others need your ministry. Give yourself away. Look for an opportunity every day to serve someone in the name of Jesus. Stop focusing on your own problem. Start giving your life away. Galatians 5.13. 5.13 says, serve one another humbly and love. And the letter W, witness about your changed life. Share Jesus. Share Jesus with others. Invite them to church. Say, hey, why don't you come sit with me at church? That's a great invitation. Come sit with me. Don't just say, hey, come to Late Point. Hey, why don't you come sit with me? I go to the 1030 service or I go to the noon service. Come sit with me. And if they say, man, I can't come to the 1030 service. I can only come at noon. Then you know what? You say, that's okay. I'll make the change because it's worth it. I go to the noon service. Now, I... So what if it's a convenient or inconvenient? It matters. It matters. And I, hey, I, you come sit with me. 
and I come with you at noon. Oh, I come with you at nine o'clock. I drink extra coffee. I do it. I do what I gotta do because it's worth it. That's how you grow. Witness, share your faith with Jesus Christ. Two questions and we're done. If you had to check your state of spiritual maturity this morning, stage one to five, where did you fall? That's a question for you to answer personally. Where do you fall? Stage one? Are you an unbeliever? We want to help you. We want to teach you how to become, find new life. You don't have to be spiritually dead. You don't have to be. You can, be, you can have spiritual sight and see Jesus. Or maybe you're stage two or three. Maybe there's a couple stages. You come in, I'm kind of stuck between two and four. I don't know, whatever that might be. That's the first question. Where are you at? And number two, what are you going to do about it? In other words, in our mission statement here, we want to help people take their next step with God. What's your next step? What's your next step? And let me say this. It's a step that you have to take. It's the last point on, my, on your notes. Spiritual growth is not automatic. It's intentional. You have to put the work in it. God will, hey, God is willing for you to take it, but you've got you've to take a step. The step of the good man, the step of the righteous man is ordered by the Lord, but you've got to take the step this morning. What is your next step? Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for the opportunity to grow. God, I pray that we see today that we have, all of us, we have a next step to take, every one of us. God, I pray that you show us what that step is. Help us take that next step in Christ. God, if it's someone that's not a believer, God, I pray that they will take a next step to find out more about you and become a, a child of God. Or maybe there's someone here that's stuck in stage three. They're just stuck on me, 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 and, and it's all about me. God, I pray that they open their eyes to grow out of it and to look beyond themselves and see a world that's broken in need of Jesus. God, I pray you help us to grow, to grow, and to grow. In Jesus' name, amen.